and welcome to Life Care Services Health Service Division podcast series. I'm Deb Goss, Director of Survey Compliance, and today I'll be discussing the Life Care Services survey activity for the first half of the year. As discussed in the 57th podcast episode, since November 28 of last year, states have been using the new combined or integrated long-term care survey process, and questions continue regarding not only the survey findings, but the survey process as well. So let's get started with the survey findings. In the first six months of 2018, LCS has experienced approximately 34 recertification surveys, or slightly less than half of our communities have undergone the new long-term care survey process. So let me report the good news. Well, I'd call it the extraordinarily good news. Nine communities have zero deficiencies. That's approximately a quarter of our communities. Congratulations, no small feat. No small feat indeed. We continue to average five deficiencies per survey, which is higher than our 2017 average of 3.5. However, it is less than the current national average of 6.7 deficiencies. And we continue to perform a little better than our competitors or companies with similar lines of business, which are experiencing an average deficiency number between 6 and 10 per survey. The top five deficiencies remain F812, F656, F880, F689, F761, and F684. So let's get started with the first one, which is F812, food safety. The items cited here basically fell into three categories, the first being food and food storage. Remember, food product must be labeled when the package is opened and then must be discarded when the use-by date has passed. The second category is equipment. Food must be prepared with clean sanitary equipment in a clean sanitary environment. Ensure staff know how to clean and sanitize food prep areas and food equipment, either by use of chemicals or by heat. And the third category is personnel. Dietary staff must know how to use gloves and hairnets. After discarding gloves, staff must wash hands and then reapply the gloves. The same gloves are not to be worn during all tasks. Hair must be contained while working in the kitchen, especially in the food prep area. All hair, that's from bangs to braids, must be covered. Our challenge, I think, in our kitchens is simply because they serve dual function, not only for the residents that are independent, which is usually the greater share of our residents, but for our residents in our post-acute and long-term care as well. In order to meet the requirements of participation for Medicare standards, routine observations and audits are necessary to stay on top of the food safety requirements simply due to the sheer number of meals that are occurring in our kitchen. Please be sure someone's auditing and observing food safety in the kitchen regularly. Next, F656 and F880 tie for second place. F656 is comprehensive care planning, while F880 is infection control, ensuring that an infection prevention and control program is operable. So what can I say about comprehensive care planning that hasn't already been set? 
Be sure all identified treatment and services are included on the comprehensive care plan. And if direct care staff know the resident refuses some service or treatment, be sure to edit that intervention in the care plan. The question is, are you inviting a direct care staff member to the care plan conference? I hope so. It's F657 that requires the comprehensive care plan be developed by an interdisciplinary team defined as a physician, registered nurse, nurse aide, and a member of the food and beverage team, as well as the resident residence representative. An excellent time to update or revise the care plan is also during the risk meeting. F880 is infection control, and it continues to plague us. <laughs> Pun intended. Citations here fall into a couple of areas. The most prevalent is the inability of staff to perform good hand hygiene, either removing gloves, washing hands, and reapplying gloves while performing incontinence care, or the sanitation of hands while performing a med medication pass or dressing change. Does your community rely on return demonstration or skill competencies? Hand hygiene is a skill competency everybody can understand and get behind or support. Empower staff to review and assist all caregivers with good hand hygiene for our most vulnerable population. Ask them to observe someone each day conduct hand hygiene. Lastly, tied for fourth is F689, F761, and F684. F689 is accidents, while F761 is the labeling and storage of drugs and biologicals, and F684 is quality of care. Our business is serving humans, and in the course of this business, accidents may come to be somewhat expected. So please be sure all risk assessments are completed timely and all identified risk factors contain preventative interventions. Be sure to take all risk assessments, risk interventions to risk meetings. F761, the labeling and storage of drugs and biologicals, relates to surveyors' examination of medication carts and medication rooms. With the new survey process, half the medication carts, half the medication rooms will be reviewed. So our are we examining or auditing our regular our medication carts regularly? Is there a schedule for routine medication cart examination and cleaning? How about the medication storage room? Do we observe or assist contract employees in ensuring medication rooms are void, absent of expired meds? Or perhaps this task is assigned to two staff members regularly. F684 speaks to quality of care. Based on the assessment of a resident, the resident receives treatment and care in accordance with not only the professional standards of practice and the care plan, but the resident's choices as well. So it's important that nursing staff understand the specific care and services a resident may require. For example, with the diagnosis of congestive heart failure, CHF, do staff members know how to monitor fluid restrictions? What's our process in our community? Or perhaps with a diagnosis of diabetes, 
Does staff know when to monitor blood glucose and when to report those results? When was the last time the hypoglycemic policy was reviewed with staff? In the United States, the three most common chronic diseases are CHF, COPD, and diabetes. Take a look at the policies addressing the treatment for these three diseases and make sure staff are made aware of the policies related to treatment and care for these vulnerable residents. So now that I've covered the most frequently cited deficiencies, you may ask, what about the scope and severity of these deficiencies? Well, briefly, of the 110 deficiencies, approximately 60% fell in the scope and severity of level D. This level carries a total weight of four points and indicates an isolated incident, which carries no actual harm with the potential for more than minimal harm. 25% of the deficiencies fell at a scope and severity of E, carrying a weight of eight points, indicating a pattern with no actual harm with the potential for more than minimal harm. And two communities did experience deficiencies with a scope and severity level greater than G. Both of the communities are currently in appeal for these citations. So now that we've examined uh, surveys, let's examine complaint surveys for the same time period. LCS has experienced 54 complaint surveys with an average of 0.9 deficiencies per complaint survey. It's important to take just a moment to note that this data is approximate as several complaint surveys were conducted with the annual survey. So results of those tandem visits were mentioned um, previously. This average, 0.9 for complaint surveys, is slightly higher than the current national average of 0.5, but it's relative to those companies with similar lines of business who experienced between 0.4 and 1.6 average deficiencies during a complaint survey. If we look at LCS history, however, our average deficiencies per complaint survey was 0.6 in 2017 and 0.5 in 2016, it becomes imperative as the post-acute care census grows that we continue to sponsor extraordinary impressions and seek to understand our customers' needs and expectations. Now on to survey process. There's not a lot of variation in the survey process to report since we last discussed survey expectations. Surveyors are following the long-term care survey process and the entrance checklist should be reviewed with items prepared in advance. If you don't have the latest entrance conference checklist or the CMS 802, used to be called the matrix, feel free to contact me or your nurse consultant. I might mention uh, a single outlier, uh, one community did experience an annual survey where only the Medicare residents were reviewed. No private pay residents were included in their survey sample. Again, it was a single uh, community, perhaps an outlier. Otherwise, um, I'm going to conclude with a big shout out to everyone for forwarding their statement of deficiencies with accompanying letter to date. And as Blake Gilman previously mentioned, Amy Strandell, the Health Service Administrative Assistant, was tasked with compiling the report and keeping it up to date. 
In her absence, that task falls to me. So please keep those cards and letters coming, folks. And I thank you so much for joining me. Looking forward to joining you on the next podcast review of Survey Trends and Patterns. Once again, thank you. Legal Disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Mm-hmm.